welcome to the Electric Sports Talk, a podcast dedicated entirely to sports and only sports. On today's episode, we talk U.S. soccer, and here is your host, Ty Crystal. All right, welcome in, ladies and gentlemen. Nice to have you on the show today. Obviously, you know what we're talking about today. It's U.S. soccer. We're going to talk about this Gold Cup matchup against Haiti and kind of give our thoughts and feelings on that as we go talk about some of the players that were involved um just try and break it down the best we can here on the show uh you know there's lots to talk about with this game i think um at the same time i'm sure a lot of you out there probably have a lot of this a lot of the same feelings i do about most of the players uh that we'll talk about and kind of how the game went um but the the important thing to know to note is that we won the game um, this is a good start to the tournament, you know, a one zero victory. Well, it might've been a little ugly and not necessarily the best at times. Um, it is still a win and it's still something to build off of as we hopefully make a good run into the rest of this tournament. Now, when it comes to how this sets us up for the group, this sets up, sets, sets us up really nicely because three points in your opening match, and then playing the weaker opponent next, or the weakest opponent probably in the group next, uh, you'll expect another three points. And then regardless of what happens in the game against Canada, you're guaranteed a spot through to the next round. So obviously, you want to beat Canada. You want to finish top of the group and go through that way. Um, but we'll see what happens. So the biggest thing that I want to talk about today is some pros, cons, player ratings, um, and then kind of look forward to any uh, any thoughts on this game against Martinique. Maybe, you know, an expected starting 11 that we could see from that game if we have some time. So uh, let's, let's talk about some pros from this game. So pros, like I already said, we won the game. Uh, that was important. It was kind of one of those games where we just had to scratch and claw and just kind of outlast them, it felt like, towards the end because uh, it got a little shaky there. But for the most part, uh, it was a fine performance. I'm not going to say it was very good, because it wasn't that great. Um, <laughs> it's like a mixed bag is a good way to describe it. There's good parts of it. There's bad parts of it. There's in-between parts. Uh, it, when it comes to the players, the performance, I mean, you can't complain a ton with the win, but obviously there's going to be negatives. Positives. I think, you know, seeing Turner was a positive, not necessarily because you know it confirms anything about our goalkeeper position that he brings different or whatever, but just getting to see him in a competitive game and have that weight on his shoulders was a good thing. Uh, positives, I thought the center backs, most of the defense played okay. Um, I think you could say that's a positive. Uh, positives in the midfield, Acosta. I you know I'm on this Acosta. Uh, bandwagon, if that's what you want to call it. I like him as a player. I think he is you know, more and more showing us why he should be on this team. Uh, I know there's a lot of divide amongst the fan base on Kellen Acosta. I think a lot of it is because he was part of that failure of, of the 2018 World Cup run, and he's been around for a little bit, and he's not this young, exciting guy that is over in Europe, and he plays for Colorado, and yeah, we've already talked about all this. Like, People just don't like him because, in my opinion, because he plays in MLS and we have already kind of see him play with the U.S. So that's how this fan base is and that's how it goes. So you people that uh, know what I'm talking about with Acosta, though, I think he was a positive in this game. 
Uh, when it comes to the attack, there wasn't a lot of positives in the starting lineup, I guess you could say. Uh, Zardis, kind of cool stat for him. 57 caps, second fastest player to uh, double-digit goals and assists. I mean, I don't know how meaningful that is because it's not like... I don't really think he's like, you know, a World Cup qualifying player. Uh, he could be on the rosters. We'll see. But I don't think I'd prefer it. Pros. It's kind of hard to take a ton of pros away. Um, we looked really dangerous on the right side. Uh, Shaq Moore was a big pro. Uh, happy that Busio got cap tied, of course. Happy Williamson and Sands came into the game, even though it was a little late. Got to see DK Moore. I like that. Uh, pros, I don't know. That There's not a ton more that I could throw out there, I guess. Uh, it was kind of a sloppy game. But we got it done, and that's the biggest thing that matters at, at this at this point. It's, it's the biggest thing that matters uh, because I feel like you know I was I was a little more confident before this game um, with our chances to do well in this tournament, even with kind of a depleted roster or not necessarily a first choice roster, I should say. And then after this game, I was kind of like, okay, now I remember why I should have been a little more pessimistic about this gold cup run and everything uh but then again i think about how mexico struggled to score on trinidad even though they really dominated that game look at canada beating martinique four to one and think okay i think we can probably put in a good result against them we'll see i I mean the jury is obviously still out one game doesn't define an entire team or player or players uh for this tournament you know and there were some guys that didn't look good, and there were some guys that looked better than others, and that might not be the case in the next game. So let's uh, let's get in some cons. So cons, so pros and cons list. Uh, pro list, maybe a little shorter. Cons list, I wasn't necessarily impressed with Turner as far as his distribution and his play out of the back with his feet. I felt like maybe that could have been better. He did make some saves that were good. There were some very dicey moments that he had as well, so I don't know. I don't necessarily think that he impressed me as as much as I was hoping for. I think I was maybe expecting a little too much. Jackson Ewell, Con, I whatever. He keeps getting in the lineup for some reason. Uh Con, Jonathan Lewis, he's just he's killing me here. Um and Paul Ariel obviously going down with that injury really really sucks. I I feel bad for the guy. Um he just kinda come back from that knee injury. Uh, from last season, played like one game at the end of the season last year with DC, has come back, been playing more. And I don't know if it was a knee problem or a hamstring. I think I heard hamstring. Um, so we'll see. It also sucks because he's injured and now we don't, we have one winger. And I thought that the one winger left on the roster that's not injured, you know, for however long Ariel is going to be out, uh, Lewis didn't play good. Like, he didn't play good. He might have been the worst player on the field for the U.S. I was not impressed. So, you know, this is where we talk about the roster selection, and I didn't like that there was hardly any wingers on here. I didn't like that Chris Mueller wasn't added onto the roster. He brought, like, five strikers. I don't understand why. Uh, Berhalter, that is. You know, there's even guys like Mahalovic or Corey Baird that are playing well in MLS right now that can play striker and winger and, like, actually do it effectively. Well, not Mahalovic, but Corey Baird can play, like, striker and winger, and he's having a pretty decent season. 
with LAFC to start the year. So he did not bring, Berhalter did not bring a very good roster to deal with these injuries on the wing. And I know like Roldan can play on the wing. Like, is that where we're going to be going here? So we'll see. Uh, another con I thought to point out is the fact that uh, we didn't get to see Cannon play because he was dealing with an injury. So that sucked. I kind of want to see him, but you know, Shaq Moore looked pretty good, uh, I must say. And I, I really kind of want to see Christian Roldan in this game. Uh, I know I've kind of been hard on Christian Roldan in the past, but he's been having such a good season with Seattle that I would have liked to see him play, get in the game. I think maybe if Ariola doesn't get injured so early, then he probably does sub in later in the game and play a little bit. Uh, but I, obviously that injury really forced Burhalter's hand. And I don't know. I want to see Roldan play a little bigger role than sitting on the bench the entire entire tournament. I mean, we know what Legette's about. Let's see Roldan get in there a little bit and see what he can do. I mean, is it just the Seattle system that is the case for his f excellent form that he's had to start the season, or is he figured out something to play a little better? I mean, I don't don't necessarily know the answer. I have a good feeling of what the answer probably is, but you don't know the answer until you see a player play, and then you can be like, okay, this is the answer to this question. So I did honestly rolled on, but obviously, you know, the subbing just kind of worked out that way. Let's get into player-by-player player breakdowns then. So I don't necessarily go through timeline stuff on this show. I mean, I kind of used to, but I, it's not my favorite, honestly, because I feel like it's kind of tedious. Like, you guys watch the game. You have your opinions. Me going over the timeline and and being like, oh, we we almost had a really good chance here at, like, minute 36 or whatever, like, I feel like it's just a little tedious, so I'd rather just talk about the players individually and then kind of like move through the lineup, talk about them individually, and see you know, what we kind of figure out with the individual players. Not necessarily the timeline, because you can get that on a ton of different shows. So Let's start with goalkeeper. We'll work our way forward. Uh, sorry if I sound a little tired today. Just got back from Vegas over the weekend. <laughs> it, was a, it was kind of a long weekend, obviously, so... A little tired on the show, but I told you guys that I have a show out every day after the game, so here I am. Uh, so Matt Turner in goal. So Turner, I you know I already kind of talked about him a little bit. He didn't impress me as much as I was hoping he would. Um, I guess you know I've watched him play a little bit with New England. Like I wouldn't necessarily say I watch a bunch of Revolution games because I'm a more of a West Coast location. I tend to like watching more of the Western Conference because I'm a big RSL fan, so that's kind of what I try and put my time into. Um, but when I do watch him play for New England, he plays pretty well. Uh, they don't play out of the back very much, so he doesn't have to play with his feet very much for his club. So obviously that was a big worry for a lot of fans, including myself, going into this game with him. Obviously I think Burhalter's system is designed to really try and uh, get the goalkeeper to play with his feet, make good passes out of the back, and try and build, especially against these weaker opponents like Haiti, Martinique. Uh, you know, I wouldn't say Canada is necessarily weak, but they're not necessarily at a Mexico level yet, or maybe even like Panama or Costa Rica at their best. I don't know if they're quite on that level. Uh, they, You know, they did look pretty good against Martinique, though. So 
yeah, I just I just think Turner didn't quite impress me as much as I was hoping for. He did make some good saves though. I mean, he had oh, I'm trying to think, two at least good saves I can remember. Um, I'm not sure what his like actual registered saves were. So three saves in total is what ESPN has on here. Um, but there was like a, that, that moment right at the end of the game when uh, Haiti looked threatening to score. He kind of like came out to try and catch the ball or punch the ball. I wasn't sure. And obviously that defender was right there. And I think it was a total foul that they missed. But it kind of seemed like he was indecisive on whether he wanted to come for that or not, which was uncharacteristic because most of the night he was dealing with crosses pretty well. He was grabbing them out of the air pretty well. Um, you know, I can't recall a bunch of like punches out of the air necessarily, but I think, you know, obviously we see a lot of punches on corner kicks, which Haiti didn't have any. <laughs> so uh, he just made the saves that he needed to and he kept the clean sheet. It got a little ugly sometimes, but that's, that's okay because even though it was ugly on a few moments. You still need to keep the ball out of the back of the net. And at the end of the day, if you do that, you're not going to have a lot of people complaining about what you did. Uh, with that being said, you know, it is a weaker opponent. It's expected that he has a good game. A shutout, I think, was, you know, really needed for this group and in this game against a team like Haiti. Uh, they had five players out with COVID issues. You know, some of their players that they had out were good players that started for them in previous games. I mean, you should have beat this team, even though it was kind of a struggle. You still should have. So I guess, you know, I spent a long time talking about these goalkeepers, but I don't know if Turner, he didn't do anything that first game for me to be like, okay, I think he could be over Ochoa in the starting, or in the three choices of goalkeepers, whatever, like the three selected goalkeepers to come into World Cup qualifiers. Um, I just am still unconvinced with his play with his feet. Like, I know that shot stopping is a big, big deal, but I feel like if you can't play with your your feet in today's game, you're going to struggle, and you're going to struggle with this national team too. And I think Ochoa, that's one of his big strengths, and that's why I probably still have him as the third choice. But we'll see. I mean, still many games for Turner to play because the tournament's far from over for him. And there's no reason to think that after that performance that Sean Johnson or Guzan are, are going to play at all. So um, let's see. Let's start with center back. Let's start with Robinson. So I think Robinson did pretty well for the most part. Like, once again, not a lot to complain about. Obviously, a few shaky moments. Obviously, a couple times it made you a little nervous. And I think, I, I don't remember what show I heard this on, but I was listening to a podcast, and they were kind of talking about how Robinson's one v one defending wasn't the best and that's like what everybody hypes him up in for mls and i guess i didn't notice it quite as much i'd probably have to rewatch it which i i haven't uh, i don't plan to either because it was kind of a hard game to watch but with that being said even though he didn't have the best one on one game he still did good in the back like he was admirable do i necessarily think that he will do or has done anything to maybe get on that world cup qualifying roster either I don't necessarily think so because when it comes right down to it, the four center backs, I feel like it's a battle between six guys and Robinson might not quite be on that list of six. And that's what this this whole Gold Cup thing is really about for most of these guys on this roster is, is showing or proving, hey, I should be on the World Cup qualifying roster. But when you have 
players like Brooks, McKenzie, Aaron Long when he is healthy, uh, Miazga, you got Chris Richards, who's kind of on the fence, Zimmerman, who also played in this game. I'm sure I left out someone there. But it's it's tough competition. It's tough to say, like, hey, I deserve a spot, and Robinson's going to have to compete for one, and we'll see what he can do. So far, though, I, we need to see more, obviously. I'll keep saying that probably for most of these players. Well, not all of them, but most of them. Oh, man, what a goal. I'm watching Jamaica versus Suriname as we speak, and wow, what a goal there by Jamaica for their second one. They're up 2-0. Uh, yeah, so Robinson, he did okay. I'm, I'm not going to get too crazy about anything he did, though. So uh, when it comes to Zimmerman, I thought he had a better game than Robinson, uh, but I don't necessarily think it's anything we didn't expect, though, from Zimmerman, right? Like, he is the leader in the center back clubhouse right now on this roster. He should be the veteran player. He should be the best player for the center backs, and I think he did well in a lot of areas. I don't necessarily think that he stands head and shoulders above Robinson, but of the two center backs, I would probably say Zimmerman did better in his distribution play, uh, did a little better in the defending department. And, you know, this is all kind of opinion. You have your opinion. If you think Robinson did better, that's good. That's good. Like, I'm not necessarily going to agree with you there because I thought they both played well. I just think Zimmerman played better. And I do think that he should be one of these guys in contention for a World Cup qualifying spot just because of the experience that he does bring to the team. I mean, you know, I always keep saying with with Reem, like I don't care about the experience. We're moving towards youth, and uh, we want to see the youth play. But Zimmerman is still kind of young enough where it's okay to have him around on the roster because he's not 35 years old or whatever Reem is at this point. Um, so there's still a lot left in the tank for his career, and I don't feel like he's as useless as a player as Reem as far as, like, looking ahead to the future and everything. So, I mean, that was kind of, that sounded kind of rude, but uh, Zimmer has just got more in him than Reem. I mean, I think that he should be considered for a spot here in the World Cup qualifying. If he continues to play well, then I would uh, definitely advocate for it. So, I thought the center backs together, though, it was a pretty decent pairing. If they can continue to replicate that throughout the rest of the tournament, um, it'll give me quite a bit of confidence moving forward. I mean, not necessarily like everything they did was great, but most of what they were doing was not worthy of complaint for me <laughs> uh, because I like most of it. And obviously keeping the clean sheet was vital, and they were they were helping in that. So um, we'll start with the right back, Shaq Moore. I thought he had the better game of the two outside backs. I know Vine's got the goal, um, but he it was kind of a case of him being in the right spot at the right time. It all worked out really perfect for him, uh, which that's what you got to do in this game sometimes, and and you see where the chips fall, and it worked out good for him there. Uh, but Shaq Moore was much more attacking. Uh, he was much better in trying to get up the field and be threatening. Like, he wasn't even supposed to start. Well, actually, he wasn't even supposed to be on the roster for this camp to begin with. Uh, Burhalter wanted to call in Araujo, and Araujo turned him down because he still might want to keep his eligibility for Mexico in play, and which is understandable, but I don't love it. Like, I talked about that a little bit. I think at his age, if you kind of don't know and you're being called up for a major tournament like the Gold Cup, you should maybe give an answer. But for Shaq Moore to go from, like, not being on this roster to then being, like, the, sec the, the 
probably the third choice guy to get on the roster because uh, Cannon's probably first, then Araujo, and then Shaq Moore, obviously. And who knows if any other right backs turned down a call up that were on the preliminary roster. Then you go from starting this game because Cannon was dealing with with an injury, and he performed really great. Like he was, I think he got man of the match from the U.S. Soccer Insiders, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but he just played well. Like he was full of energy. He was pretty decent on the defensive side. He did better than I thought he would. Um, you know, I I wasn't super high on Shaq Moore just because I haven't seen him play enough to really have a great opinion about him, I don't think. I mean, when you play in the second division of Spain, it's kind of hard to like watch players like that uh, because they're not in MLS where you can watch their game every single week, and they're not in a very like televised league, obviously. So it's really hard to know what we were going to expect from Shaq Moore. But what we did get, I was impressed with, I was really happy with, and I, I hope it continues you know, if he gets in any more games, I hope he continues to play well and impress. The only problem that Shaq Moore is going to have here, obviously, is <laughs> the right back position is so deep. It's so deep. You got Dest, you got Cannon, you got Yedlin. Obviously, there's other guys that weren't on this roster like Araujo and Herrera that are MLS guys right now. So oof, it's, it's going to be tough to break through and, and see – if you can get on that World Cup qualifying roster. But, you know, if you make, if you consistently are turning in these types of performances, you make a pretty strong argument for it. Um, will it make a difference? I don't know. Like, I think the biggest, his biggest competition is going to be Yedlin and Cannon. So, because I think Dest is locked in. So, you know, if it's Yedlin and Cannon and he can be better than either of them, which maybe he can be better than Yedlin from what we're seeing, you never know. But yeah, I think Shaq Moore played good. Vines, um, look, I'm a Vines. I'm I'm for Vines starting on this roster. I know this is another big split in the fan base right now, whether it's Vines or Bello. Um, I tend to like Vines a little more than what he brings to the table. You know, lots of people will say that one guy's better at something than the other guy. I mostly just think that Vines has already got this national team experience. He's already been playing with national team. I would just prefer it to continue with the guy that started got the experience in the tournament and playing games. I mean, I think Bella will start next game, which I'm fine with. I want to see what Bella can do. Uh, Berhalter said that they're going to fight it out in this left-back position, and whoever impresses him more is going to start. So far, Vines is, was his guy before the tournament started, and he's still his guy. And that's fine with me because I don't necessarily think either of them are great options, but Vines is better than Bello for me right now. So, And like I said, I don't put a ton of stock into that goal that he scored. It was a good header, like it was a good finish, but it was kind of just a ball that Zardis threw up there, didn't really know much about, and Vines was in the right spot. He wasn't marked, and he got a nice header, a free header, and finished it, and that's what you like. That should be the bare minimum. If you get in a, t a position like that, you need to execute and put that in the back of the net. So, you know, there's a few missed chances. Vines took his. So, but no, I'm not going to really say that goal makes a huge difference on keeping him in the starting eleven over Bello. Obviously, they both have their disadvantages and their advantages. I still feel like maybe Vines just fits into the system a little better. So, I mean, I, I think he's a better defender than people give him credit for. 
Um, I think he's a better passer and a crosser than people give him credit for. I, I don't know. I, there's a lot of negatives about him, but I don't know if Bellow's really that much better of an option. So I'd like to see, though, and we'll and we'll see uh, what Bellow can do because I do think he starts against Martinique. It'll be a lesser opponent, so maybe he will look really good, uh, but that doesn't necessarily mean that he is better just because he looks good against the weakest opponent in our group. So we'll see. Uh, but Vines, he did okay. Moore definitely had a good game, though, for the outside backs. Uh, all right, so the midfield. <laughs> midfield wasn't my favorite. Um, I was kind of hoping to see, like, the new faces start in the midfield. I was hoping that we'd have Williamson and Busio starting along with Acosta in the midfield. And not not anything against Legette necessarily. I just like I already know what Legette brings to the table. And I think that he's probably on the World Cup qualifying rosters as it stands right now. So I wanna see new faces. Like I just I don't really care to see him called into this camp that much either. Um he's started, he's played quite a bit already for Burhalter. We know what you know, we know what he's gonna offer. I would have preferred a different midfielder. I'm like on the flip side though, I'm fine with seeing Acosta because he, I don't think he's played like as much as Legette. He has come off the bench more when it's our full choice team. So I'm more interested to see what Acosta brings to the table. And honestly, Acosta might actually be, you know, a little better of a player in the midfield, more active, more threatening uh, than Legette at times. So I don't know. Maybe Acosta, in my mind, is getting a little uh, better position than. Than legit. So, uh, but let's talk about Yule to start off with. I don't know why Burhalter keeps selecting this guy to be in the team. Like, we've seen him play enough, and he hasn't impressed hardly ever. You know, I keep saying on this show, like, you know, I never want to give up on guys, and I, I want to give guys chances to see what they can do and see uh, how they play. But Yule is just not good enough to play. Like, and I hate saying this, and I hate being negative about any of our players because I try and be positive about players as much as possible. Um, and I'm open to seeing guys play, and I'm open to trying to see what Greg Berhalter thinks. But when it comes to Jackson Yule, I'm just, I'm, I'm kind of over it, you know? <laughs> I'm kind of over this whole, let's put him in the midfield at the six and watch him pass the ball backwards and then not be able to play very well on defense or hold the ball at times. Like, you know, I keep trying to look for ways to defend this guy. Um, and I I don't know why I keep trying to because the guy's killing me. I mean, Jackson Ewell's not, he's not even playing that well for San Jose this year. Uh, you know, there were some passes that he threw out there uh, more like earlier in the game that I was like, okay, like that's why Jackson Ewell's on this team. But it's not like any of those passes had a big effect. You know, we're, we're all thinking that, or well, he keeps getting put on this team because Burhalter talks about, or fans or whatever people that will defend him talk about his ability to throw out that long ball over the top of the defense. But he doesn't even do it that well. Like, could we not have someone else just come in and at least play there? Like Keaton Parks, James Sands, Chris Durkin, Leon Flack, other options. Like, could we not see Johnny play there more? I don't understand why. Jackson Ewell was on this roster. We already know what he offers. And then the fact that he started too, I was just like, man, I'm over this. Like, it, it's just kind of getting to the point where we already know what he brings to the table. He's had enough chances to try and show that he can do something different or be better next time. 
And he's not. He's not showing anything different. He's not showing anything better. So, whatever. Take it for what you will. Um, pretty negative about this one. I don't want to see him start next time. Uh, I hope Busio starts. I hope Busio continues to start because, like I'll talk about a little later on, when Busio did come on, there was like a considerable difference at that sixth position, and it was noticeable. <laughs> All right, so a uh, little more about Legette. He didn't do a ton. Uh, didn't necessarily make any threatening runs, any threatening passes. He was just kind of there uh, connecting uh, through the midfield. I don't I don't know. Once again, like I already just said a second ago, we already know what he brings to the table. I really would have preferred someone else in this camp to see what they could do. Like I really would have preferred like Mahalovic in here uh, over a guy like Legette. Mahalovic can play in that 8-10 role, and he can play on the wing, so you got that versatility there. Um, I would prefer maybe Hassani Dotson, who was a bright spot in Olympic qualifiers, like one of the few. There were other midfielders that you definitely could have brought in here. I mean, even like MLS midfielders too. I mean, I'm sure Caden Clark would have been on this roster if it wasn't for his appendicitis, and Julian Green probably would have been on this roster if it wasn't for his club situation. But there's guys like, I already said, Mahalovic and Dotson. And then you got Pomacall, Amar- uh, Frankie Amaya, Cole Bassett, Hell, even Brandon Ko, who plays in the second division. in or Well, he plays for the second team for Wolfsburg. Uh, Taylor Booth. like <laughs> uh, It's just kind of driving me crazy, you know? Where, like, where's Dwayne Holmes, even? I mean, does Berhalter even know who that guy is right now? So... There's other options, and I'm not necessarily hating on Legit. I just don't know if we're going to see anything different from him. And this tournament, like I've already said many times, it's to try and iron out those final spots for the World Cup qualifiers to try and get the best team possible. If you're already bringing guys that we've seen play multiple games, like Yule and Legit, Zardis, I mean, we just we don't need it. Like, get someone different in. But, you know, Legit did fine. I'm just... It's kind of negative on him because I'd rather see Williamson play more, you know, and see what he can do because I don't necessarily think he had enough time to really get in the game, and he didn't look super fantastic when he came in. So uh, Acosta, you know, like I already said, I think he was one of our best players on on the night. Uh, It wasn't a very hard competition, though, because there wasn't a ton of options (laughs) to say, like, oh, this guy did really good or this guy did really bad. And I think Acosta continues to impress me with, his ability to just kind of be a destroyer. Um, you know, like I've said many times, I'm not an expert on tactics or positional play or whatever. Uh, I'm not going to pretend to be, but what Acosta does that I can see happening is positive. Make of it what you will. Everyone has different opinions about Acosta, like I've already talked about. Uh, but for me, for my money, I like him on the roster and I want to see him on the roster moving forward. Uh, I maybe even think on World Cup qualifying rosters, I'd probably be okay, pretty okay with seeing him called in for that eight position because right now, like at least on my depth chart, he's one of the top guys. So when we move into the attack, <laughs> it, there's just like not very much that the attack's going to offer here, especially for the starting lineup. Uh, we'll start with Ariola though. We didn't see him enough to really get a good gauge on him. Uh, he got subbed out after 14 minutes. 
he got injured like at the 12th minute and it took him a little bit to get off the field and, and bring in Jawakini. We just didn't see enough from him to really get a good idea of what he was going to offer in that game, um, which is unfortunate because Ariola is kind of one of these guys that's right on the outside of the of the depth chart probably. Um, he might actually get a little love just because Morris and Ledesma are hurt. De La Torre didn't want to come into this roster. Lana is, is dealing with club situations. So is Conrad. Um, obviously, for whatever reason, Berhalter doesn't... I don't know. He didn't want to call in Tyler Boyd, which probably would have been a good call-up for this roster. Chris Mueller would have been a fantastic call-up for this roster. I've already said Mahalovic a ton. Uh, Holmes. I mean... <laughs> Even maybe Lyndon Gooch, who did pretty well at Sunderland this season. I know that's a League One team, but it still is so annoying that we have no options on the wing. And then to see Paul get hurt, it just is even more frustrating because there's wingers that you could have called in and left off, I don't know, some guys that aren't strikers or that aren't wingers that you brought in and they're strikers. Like, I'm sorry, I don't think, like, Hoppy's not a winger. And Zhao is not a winger. If you wanted to call them in, then leave off Zardis or DK. Like, for a guy that's like all worried about balancing his team and, and trying to find balance on the field, he really doesn't give a crap about playing strikers at wing positions that is not their position. So it's very frustrating. And that's all I really have to say about Ariola because depending on how long he's out, it's just going to hurt the team because we don't have any wingers. Like, like I said a little earlier, I think Roldan can play on the wing. Um, I think he can play right wing. He might be forced to play out there a little bit, and that's not necessarily something I want to see because that's not his natural... I don't think that's his best position at all. So, Lewis, I don't even want to talk about Lewis, honestly, because <laughs> because he is just not good. Like, Jonathan Lewis is not on... He's not on this team. He should not be on this team. He's just bad. I don't understand. Like, he's not starting for Colorado. He started, like, two games this season. He started the game right before the Gold Cup started for Colorado. And he doesn't play that. I don't know. He just doesn't play that well for Colorado. He doesn't play that well for the U.S. He continues to get call-ins. I mean, he was part of that first roster that Greg Berhalter had, I think, like his first ever roster that was kind of messy. He was a part of that. Ever since then, Berhalter's just had like this weird fascination with Jonathan Lewis playing. It makes absolutely no sense to me, especially when you already have the guys like I've already just talked about, uh, Boyd, Mueller, Conrad, Delatore, Mahalovic, Dwayne Holmes for hell sakes. I mean, I'd even call in Lyndon Gooch at this point over, I mean, I call in freaking Sebastian Salcedo over Jonathan Lewis at this point. Griffin Yao. Like, <laughs> I can't understand why Jonathan Lewis is on the team. Uh, the most negative I'll be about this whole episode is Lewis and Yule. Because they shouldn't be on this roster. They shouldn't be playing on the field. They shouldn't be called in on camps anymore. I'm over the Jackson Yule thing, and I never want to see Lewis to begin with. So, Because now Lewis is our only winger, like our actual winger. Uh, depending on how long Ariola's out, Lewis is our only true winger, and he's going to probably have to start like every game now because we don't have any freaking wingers. Good job, Greg. That is so annoying. You know how nice it would have been to, seen, uh, to see Mueller on this roster? 
whatever. Tyler Boyd, Mahalovich. I, I mean, I'll just keep saying it. There's so many other guys that you could have called in. You're going to see Hoppy starting on the way. Like, come on. This is ridiculous. Jonathan Lewis is literally playing and starting for the U.S. The U.S. national team. This is insane. I mean, he didn't even play well at the Olympics. And we're like, oh, yeah, let's keep calling him up. Could rag on him all day, people. Um, I'm sure you can, too. Everyone's got opinions, like I keep saying. Uh, But I would find it pretty hard to believe that anyone out there or that listens to this show enjoys seeing Jonathan Lewis play for the national team. Maybe if you're a Colorado fan, I could understand because, you know, I'm a RSL fan and I'm kind of biased when it comes to like the players that I want to see on, on the team, like on the national team. Like I, I really would have liked to see Jonathan, uh, to see Justin glad play on this team instead of like Donovan Pines, for example, but that's just kind of my biased opinion, right? Like, I would really like to see Justin Glad because I think he's probably a better center back than he really is. So, hey, if if you think Jonathan Lewis is great, uh, good for you, but <laughs> you're crazy, man, uh, because I don't know what the hell you're watching. But some people would say that about, like, my opinions about Vines or Zimmerman or be, you know, confused on why I don't think Matt Turner's had a great game. Um, you know, everyone's got different opinions and, and that's what makes this show fun. That's what makes listening to other shows fun. Uh, that's what makes sports in general fun. Just talking about it and seeing what people think. So, you know, obviously we're here or you're listening to this show and I'm here on this show to get my opinion. If you have a different one, I'd love to hear it. So get on our, uh, social medias, let me know, or send us an email, electric sports talk at gmail.com. All right, enough enough complaining about Lewis, people. It's uh, it's time to move on. We're just going to have to accept the fact that he is going to be playing probably every game in this competition, and that's because Greg did not select the team very well, and his hand is now forced because Ariel is probably going to be out for two games, I would imagine, maybe even longer, depending on how bad the injury is, and he doesn't really have any other wingers. Like, he's got two strikers that he thinks can play on the wing who I don't have any desire to see play on the wing and Roldan who can probably play on the wing maybe you could put Legette on the wing too but <laughs> who wants to see this uh I don't Zardes can play on the wing a little once again he's a striker so good job Greg you got four strikers you got two wingers one of your wingers is hurt and you have two winger spots so and one striker spot like people are talking about playing a 5-3-2 uh, we might actually be forced to play a five-three-two, depending on the injury situation and how the quote-unquote wingers that are playing strikers play on the wing. Because I don't think they'll play very well. So, anyways, I gotta get off of it because it drives me crazy. So, uh, Zardes started a striker. Look, I wasn't totally disappointed with it because you know I did want DK to play uh, here, but I still think Zardes is like a fine option at striker. I don't think he's a good option. I don't think he's the best player. I think he's in a decent spot on the depth chart when it comes to strikers. On my depth chart, he's above Giacchini, Ferreira, Baird, Bobasi. Like, he's one of the best strikers in MLS, so you kind of got to put him above the other MLS strikers. Do I think he's a World Cup qualifier type of guy? No. Do I think he's better than DK at certain things? Yeah. But also DK, 
I don't know, like they said he was dealing with an injury. He looked fine when he come on and played for the little bit he did. So put what stock into that you will. Um, but no, I, I don't I don't necessarily love or hate anything Zardis does. Like he's just one of those players that you're like, okay, he's on the roster. It's not ideal, but at the same time you're like, he's okay. It, it's just kind of like this weird ground where Zardis sits. And it's kind of hard to say, like, <laughs> it's, it's kind of hard to say, like, he should or shouldn't be on the roster. And I'm sure others out there would probably have more definitive opinions for whatever reason. My opinion is, if he's on the roster, okay. If he's not, okay. Do I necessarily want him on a World Cup qualifying roster to leave Sibachu, Sargent, or DK off? No. Will it happen? Probably. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah probably so but look he got the assist um i do kind of think it was lucky the way he got the assist but for the most part like he just didn't flatter very much he did okay nothing that i can really be like to point nothing i could really point to and be like oh yeah this was great or he did well in this or whatever like the striker position is still so open and it kind of like it kind of sucks because we're not really getting good answers. Like DK is not really playing enough to be like, okay, yes, he should be the striker. Zardis, we kind of already know what we get. Uh, Sergeant, we kind of already know what we get, and neither of those options are super great in my opinion. Like, I know everyone will be like, oh, Sergeant's so much better than Zardis. Sergeant doesn't do anything for the national team that Zardis can't do. Like, neither of them score. Neither of them are that involved in the buildup or in the attack. I mean, Sargent was dropping all the way back to the freaking CDM position during the Nations League when he was playing. I don't necessarily want that out of my striker. And that's why I keep wanting to see DK play more because I think the way DK plays, like his style of winning battles in the air and kind of being able to lob that ball up to him and being really big and physical and able to bully those center backs around and maybe pull them out of position to create space for the wingers uh, to run into open spots when the ball's coming through the midfield. I mean, DK's not great on the ball necessarily, um, but just his size and his ability to be the big man that can get in there and rough up some center backs, I would prefer that over Sargent, Sibichu, uh DK, in some ways, maybe Sibichu would be a good compliment to him. Like, I keep kind of going back and forth on the striker position. Like, do we want to bring similar strikers? Because no one in the pool is really like Daryl DK, unless you want to go with Josie out the door. But I don't think Josie's anywhere near the team right now. Like, Sibichu's, I guess, maybe the closest thing to that, but he's not the most physical, big, win-it-in-the-air type of guy either. So we just have all these options at striker. And and you do talk about guys like Abobasi. And Nakovic, who's not even really being considered. Uh, Ferreira, Giacchini, Corey Baird. You don't really have a good option. You don't really have a definitive, like, this should work or this should work. We got to continue to see what will happen. Um, and I'm open to seeing different guys. Zardis, not doing the best. I think DK's the answer for now, but that is just my opinion. Because I, I don't know if there's a great solution for that center forward role i i wish clint dempsey was still playing <laughs> we just stick him up there in that center forward role and just be like okay clint you do what you do um i you know i'd even take a guy like clint dempsey 
to play the center forward role with this team that we have now. You know, but this is going to be either Zardes's or DK's chance. Maybe Hoppy or Jaukini if they play there. That'll be their chances to try and be like, hey, I'm the I should be this this first or second choice guy or both, whatever. Like Zardes and DK should both be on the World Cup qualifying roster. I because your guess is as good as mine as if as who Greg Berhalter thinks is his best striker right now. I'm you know, I really want Sargent to be better, but his club situation I think makes it very difficult for him to develop and play at a high level, which is tough because I think he is the higher upside of anyone in the striker pool. Like DK might be kind of limited with his ability because of his just like sheer size. He's not going to be good on the ball. And I don't know if he'll that like, I don't know if that ability will ever really come because He's been playing the way he has for so long that it just kind of is like, okay, this is how he's going to be. Um, and I'm not necessarily against it, like I've said, but Sargent's not productive enough. I don't know enough about Sibachu with this national team. We haven't seen DK play enough, and we already kind of know about Zardes. So those are kind of the four guys. If we leave out Ferreira, oh, we haven't even talked about Pepe, but you never know with Pepe. So... Zardis did Zardis I don't it was a Zardis game, I guess you could say. Didn't do a ton, wasn't that involved, but played well enough for you to be like, okay, I like that was okay. <laughs> so his striker position, man, I feel like I talk about it almost every show. It's just such a big question mark. Striker, a secondary backup to uh Tyler Adams in the midfield, who's gonna be like these our goalkeepers, like who should even be the starting goalkeeper at this point? Who's our starting left back at this point? Um, who's going to be the backup center backs? You know, like, there's questions that we still need answered, and obviously we can't answer them all in this one game against Haiti, but we got the three points. We got the win. So let's talk about some of the guys that played in you know, off the bench. Uh, first one, so we'll just kind of go in order of how they come into the game. Uh, Giaokini, you know, I don't think, you know, if Giaokini didn't play the best on that wing position, but he's not a freaking winger. Khan keeps insisting on using him as a winger in the second division of France, and Berhalter thinks that he can be a winger too. If you watch the guy play on the wing, he's not a winger. And if you watch at his, if you kind of, in my opinion, this is my opinion, so keep that in mind. If you watch his movement and how he approaches the game, he's not a winger. He's a freaking striker. Is he going to be a super effective striker either? I don't, I don't necessarily think so. Like, I don't think he's going to come in and score like every game if he plays for the US obviously he doesn't score a bunch for Khan but still he's not a winger so playing bringing him in to play him out of position i think is stupid because it doesn't let us and even the coaching staff see Jaukini at his best when he's played striker for the US in some friendlies granted they were against lower level competition and they were in friendlies so it doesn't matter as much as this competitive game against a decent you know, decent Haiti team. We, he's been so much better at that position. I think he's a poacher type of a player, and when he does play a striker, I actually really like what Jawakini is doing. Is he the answer to the striker position? Once again, I don't know. <laughs> Probably not. But he's not a winger. That's for sure. So 
Like he wasn't effective on getting balls into the box from his winger position. He wasn't that good with his distribution and his build-up play from the winger position. He wasn't that good uh, when he had that chance. He went. He had one chance off of a corner, I believe, where he was unmarked, wide open header. It was kind of like he was in a tough angle when he approached it, and then it didn't come off very well, and he missed. And that's look. I'm not gonna be the guy that sits here and be like, "Oh, that's so much easier. He should have just done so much better because he's just open." Like that's a tough. That's tough to put a header on frame for almost anyone is tough. So I'm not gonna criticize him a ton and say he should make that, but he probably could have done better with that one. And then he had a shot where he missed, but he was close. And then he had another shot a little later on that hit off the post. So there were moments in that game where you saw what he could do. I just feel like because he was on that wing and not playing centrally as a striker, that affected him. Like it, it affected him not playing in his natural position. So we couldn't see what was going to be the best for him to thrive. We saw little flashes, but I feel like, oh, okay, if we put him at the striker position, maybe he would have thrived better and gotten better chances more chances probably too, and maybe capitalized. With that being said, though, we don't necessarily have anyone to feed this attack from the midfield. All, a ton of our attacking opportunities came from Shaq Moore or Sam Vines trying to get up the field, and then short combinations with the eight tens. like Jackson Yule wasn't offering anything going forward. The attack is going to suffer from a lack of ability to be creative in the midfield and probably a little bit from the center backs as well. So the attack is going to have to make their own opportunities and they're going to have to kind of just grind out scoring opportunities because I don't know how much support you'll get from the midfield. Like when we have our full team midfield, you can see that McKenney is involved in the buildup. You can see that Adams is superb at trying to play passes out of the back. He's not just passing the ball backwards. He'll, try and pass the ball forward. He knows where to go with the ball before the ball even gets to his feet. Like he's already got the passes picked out. So I think I think that our full team is more threatening because our midfield is better on our full team. This is another reason I want to see Busio play more in the midfield. I'd be interested to see Williamson play more in the midfield. And the way Christian Roldan plays for Seattle, maybe that would be good to put him in the midfield and see what he can do with trying to connect passes and play up and build out of the back or build through, build through the midfield and try and make our attack more dangerous. Because Jarakini had moments where you were like, oh, okay, that was that was good. But it was just moments. It wasn't anything decisive. It wasn't anything that scored the shots that he took. Like, him being forced to create his own opportunities on the wing is not going to be a, a, an answer for this team because that's not the kind of player he is. I mean, Burhalter has not called in one winger that has the ability to really make a play for themselves. Ariola may be the best at trying to do that of the guys that he thinks are wingers or are wingers, but Jonathan Lewis is not going to do that. I don't think Hoppy's going to do that. Jawakini tried, but he's not clinical enough to finish, especially when you put him in his position that's not even his position. It's just unfortunate. I mean, would Mueller do any better? Would Mahalovic do any better? Uh would guys like Conrad or De La Torre do any better? I don't know. I would like to think so. I'd at least like to see it. <laughs> like we haven't even freaking seen, uh, we haven't we haven't even seen Holmes come in and play for this team. Why? Why? Why is Dwayne Holmes not even like called in? 
But yeah, let's just keep throwing Lewis out there and seeing what he can do. I'm playing Hoppy and Jawakini on the wing for no apparent reason. DK, DK came in at the 62nd minute. Uh, he came in and we went to more of like maybe a two-striker setup, it seemed like, because Lewis and Yule came off the field. That's, that's at this point. I don't, I don't necessarily think it was a two-striker system. I don't know. It was kind of weird how it ended up working out. Um, but DK didn't do a ton. You know, he had his moments where he rose up and won headers in the air and tried to bully defenders. He kind of did DK things in this game, but I don't feel like he had a ton of chances because we already just talked about how Zhao Akini had to create his own chances. DK is not really going to create his own chances. He's going to need service in the box. He's going to need service up the field to try and find his chances. You know, it's not the necessarily the type of striker he is, so... I want to see DK start next game. Uh, Busio came in, and like I said a little earlier in the show, when Busio came in and Yule went out on that sixth position, you could see a noticeable difference in the midfield. Like, Busio was much more demanding of the ball. He wanted the ball at his feet. He wanted to try and play forward, um, even though it wasn't necessarily always happening because of the other midfielders around him. But Busio's desire to try and be more aggressive and play with people on his back and get out of tight spaces and make better passes is all what this team needs. And sure, the kid's really young, and he looked good in the 25 minutes he played, which it was still a game very much in the balance. He might look different if he starts the game, he gets under pressure, and he make a few mistakes. But you can expect that from a young player. When it comes to Yule, he's had his chances. He hasn't impressed. He continues not to impress. Let's see the new kid. Let's see the kid that everyone's hyping up about making this move to Italy and that's having a great season with Sporting Kansas City. Let's like let's see what he can do at the six. And I know that some people are like trying to decide like where should he play the eight or the six. You know, I wanted to play the six, and I think in his short appearance that we did see him play the six, that's why I want to see him play the six because he has that ability to play with the ball at his feet much better in a much more Tyler Adams-ish way than definitely Jackson Yule, <laughs> definitely any other center backs, um, or excuse me, CDMs, sixes, whatever you want to call them, I think in the pool. Like, I think he's much better controlling the ball and trying to distribute than a lot of guys. I want to see Busio start, and it's against Martinique. Do some rotation, Greg. Like, if, if Yule's going to be your guy for the tournament – at least have Busio start against the weakest team that you'll play most likely, and let's see what he can do, and you know, give the fans a little bit of hope. Because <laughs> if like, what if Busio does go in there and just totally bosses Martinique around and plays really well? Will that necessarily mean he's like the savior? No, but uh, when Yule played against that Costa Rica team that would beat four zero in Salt Lake, Yule didn't do anything, and that team sucked. So. Uh, so yeah, hope Busio starts in the next game. I liked, I liked what he did, even though we didn't get to see a ton of him. Like even small sample sizes can be good sample sizes. All right, so in the seventy-fifth minute, two more substitutions come in, uh, and we kind of go to like a back three at this point. So Shaq Moore came off, as well as Jawakini, who obviously you know he played a good chunk of time because he went out at the or he came on around the 14th, 15th, and then come out around the 75th. So uh, he came off. We switched to a back five. Like, you can say it was a back three. It was more of a back five, I think. Uh, Acosta went over to the right back position. 
obviously Vine stayed at his uh, left back position. You had a center back pairing of a triple, sorry, a center back three of Zimmerman, Robinson, and Sands who came in the game. So that was your back five. You had your midfield uh, working, which was Williamson and Busio and Legette. Then you had the two strikers up top with Daryl DK and Jesse Zardis. Now, lots of people are calling for this formation moving forward. Uh, I'm not necessarily super interested in it against Martinique because they're a weak team and we should be able to play a 4-3-3 even if Jackson Yule and Jonathan Lewis are in there and we should be able to beat them pretty comfortably. I mean, Canada beat them pretty comfortably. They didn't even have Jonathan David, their best goal scorer, and they still put up four goals on Canada. Or, excuse me, on Martinique. So we'll see with that 3-5-2. But probably not for the next game just because it's a weak opponent and why have three center backs against a weak opponent? Like, go at them. Score a bunch of goals. Get your confidence up. Play really well in that game. So in the short time James Sands was on the field, I thought he did okay. Uh, In that scramble situation right at the end of the game, I remember him trying to get in the mix and kind of disrupting some stuff which is good. Like You want a center back that's aware of his surroundings and doesn't get caught sleeping and tries to you know, look for danger, see it, root it out. Once again, though, with Sands, it was really hard to tell like what he was and wasn't doing because it was such a short amount of time. Same thing with Ariola. They both got about 15 minutes of play. It was really hard to see. Uh, Williamson, though, you could see more from him because he was in the midfield, and obviously the ball goes through the midfield quite a bit in games uh of the three young guys that made their debuts with Busio, Sands and Williamson that come off the bench I don't like I didn't love Williamson but he didn't do terrible I think that he could have done better probably um there was one time there was one play uh that I that really sticks out for me to him for me from him because he he got the ball made a turn was going on a little bit of a run, and then he got dragged down and drew the foul, and I was like, okay, that was really good. Like, Williamson for Portland is known for these kind of, like, you know, big runs through the midfield uh, that just kind of carve up the defense, open up space, and then he'll try and make a pass or find someone, lay it off, whatever, and then, you know, they get in a good... The team itself gets in a good goal-scoring opportunity. And, like, that's what I kind of want from the midfield that I don't necessarily think Acosta or Legette are really going to do. Like, that ability to just kind of go forward with the ball through the midfield, take a nice run up the field and find a winger or one of your outside backs, uh, bomb it down the outside, or get, like, uh, a center back to lay it like to lay or excuse me to lay it off to the striker and then play a quick one two back to Williamson and then he's in the box you know like I want, that's what I want to see from the midfield I think he can offer that we had a really short sample size of it I want to see more of Williamson obviously he was really left off this Gold Cup roster and it sucks or excuse me he was really left off the Olympic qualifying roster which sucked but if we're gonna see him on this Gold Cup roster I want to see him play more. Than he has been. Like, let's see him actually get involved in the game. So, we'll see what Burhalter decides to do. But I won't be surprised if he doesn't play that much. I'd really want him to start against Martinique. You guys are already kind of getting a good idea of what I want to see for the Martinique game. I want to see rotation everywhere for <laughs> for this game, mostly everywhere. 
Um, so we kind of already talked about some key moments. You know, the goal was really the biggest thing. We had a few missed chances. The best missed chances I can think of were those Jawakini missed chances. There wasn't a ton of, I don't know, there just wasn't even that many options either of, or there wasn't that many examples of really good opportunities and chances that we created or that happened for us. So Haiti was pretty stiff competition and we didn't really have the players to break them down and be a problem for them. So Haiti's a better team than I think we're obviously giving them credit for. They were very close to getting into the World Cup qualifying eight. And if he if Haiti would have made it into that eight, I wouldn't have been surprised. Um, so it's really nice to, you know, kind of get this game out of the way because I was a little worried about this one just because Haiti is decent that if we did have problems here or even lose this game, then we're kind of in trouble. Um, when we have to, like, if you have to beat Canada, then I don't know, (laughs) don't want to, don't want to rely on that one with this group. So we get the win. That's what, that's what matters the most, right? My feelings overall on the game though, um, a little disappointing. I wouldn't necessarily say that this was the best performance that I think this group is capable of. I think we could have beat Haiti 2-0-3-0. Like I know this group isn't our first choice group. I know not all these players are even second choice players. Um, But I still think we could do better than we did against Haiti. Overall, uh, fairly positive feelings though, because even though we didn't do as well as I was hoping, even though it was a tough 1-0 win, even though Yule and Lewis drove me absolutely insane in this game, which I usually, you know, I try to do my best not to be negative on players because there's more negatives that we could point out with other guys it was just like those few things that drove me crazy. But for the most part from this group, you can't expect us to be world beaters because this group is largely second and third choice guys that probably most of like a majority of these guys aren't even going to be on the world cup qualifying rosters for what we have in this 23 man squad. It was a fine performance. I think is my ultimate feelings on it. Wasn't great. Wasn't bad. Could have been better? Yes. Um, do we expect anything more? I'm not going to. I'm going to expect a good win in the next two games. Um, I'm going to expect a win over Martinique, and I'm going to expect another gritty close game with Canada that we come out, to hop, out on top on, and then we'll get into knockouts and see what happens. Looking forward, it's it's going to have to... There's going to have to be some changes in the lineup, in my opinion. Uh, I don't think we can play Canada with that lineup and expect to win. Do I want to say we'll lose that game? No, because our defense was still pretty good in that game. We didn't give up any goals, even though there were some shaky moments. But uh, I don't know if it'll be the same against Canada, who is a little better than Haiti. So I still expect wins, and we've talked about this. Like expect at least a draw out of that Canada game, and that's that's minimum. But the rosters, the the starting eleven selections have got to change. I want to I want to see something different there. So the ideal starting eleven for Martinique. So I'm going to kind of contradict myself with what I just said uh, because I think that we need some rotation for this Martinique game. But then again, I mean, even with some of this rotation, I'd still almost prefer this lineup that I'm about to throw out over, with a few exceptions, over what we just had. 
Ingle, stick with Turner. Center backs, I'd like to see Sands paired with Robinson, um, just because I think Zimmerman had a good game. He's our better center back of the four. And I'd like to see what Sands could do in a little more extended uh, cameo. I'd probably like to see Sands play and then get subbed out and see Pines a little bit. Like it, I want to see some rotation in this game because the opponent's weak. Hopefully we have like a three-goal lead at halftime, preferably. Where the goals will come from, good question. Um, but hopefully we have a good lead at halftime and we can kind of experiment with some of our subs, get some guys in that wouldn't play very much uh, normally. So let's let's see Bello on the left wing because Vines had his game, and I thought he did fine. Let's see Bello in this game against the weaker opponent, and if he does good, then we can start asking questions about that position. Uh, I assume Shaq Moore will probably start on the right again because why even play Cannon? Like, if he's having injury problems, why even play him against Martinique? Like, why risk it? Uh, let's see Busio start at the six. It's going to be preferable. It's a weaker opponent. If even if Greg wants Yule to keep playing in this game, then or in this tournament, then at least rotate Busio against the weakest team. Uh, and then, like honestly, <laughs> I don't, I can't believe I'm about to say this, but I want to see Rodon and Williamson start. Like we saw Costa and Legette, kind of what they did. Uh, we saw a little bit of Williamson. I'd like to see Roldan play in this game. And, you know, if he looks good, it is at Martinique, and it won't tell us that much. But I want to see him play. I don't want, I like, mostly I just don't want to see Leggett play again because he's played, like, almost every game. He started almost every game since, well, he started almost every game in this calendar year, I feel like. So let's get Roldan in there. Let's get some... uh rotation in the squad uh and then i want to see williamson you know i want to see him in a, a also the same thing with busio and williamson like it's the same i want to see williamson in a more extended appearance see what he can do a little more if dk is still struggling with his injury i'm fine with zardis starting so let's go with zardis and then we'll just do the same thing where dk comes off the bench for like 30 minutes i think that'd be pretty cool um i'm fine with that uh, right wing, <laughs> well, I don't know. I guess we're going to see Jarokini on that right wing because if Roldan, if I have Roldan playing in here in the midfield, then he's not going to play on the wing. And I don't really want to see him play on the wing anyways. That leaves Jarokini to play this wing position, which I also don't want to see because he's not a freaking winger. And then on the left wing, we all know Lewis is going to start, so I'll just ride him in right now. And watch Lewis go out there, score like a hat trick in the first 20 minutes, and then and then you'll have people on social media that'll be like, oh my god, he should play every game. He's so good. It's Martinique, people. But like, who wants to, I don't want to see Hoppy on the wing either. I want to see Hoppy play. I don't want to see him on the wing. I don't want to see Giacchini on the wing. I, if we run a 3-5-2, though, so if we run a... If we do run a 3-5-2 which we kind of talked about the possibility. Turner and goal. Sands as the center center back. Zimmerman on the right. Robinson on the left. Shaq Moore uh, at right back. And then Bello at left back. I don't know, like, maybe more wing backs, I guess, so it might be, huh? I think they could do that, though. Moore could definitely do that because he was getting forward so much in that game against Haiti. Uh, and Bello... 
I guess he could do it. Like uh, at a baseline, he could do it. And then people are talking like, is it going to be a five-two-three or a three-five, uh, five-three-two, or is it going to be like a three-five-two? I'll just call it a back five though. Then Busio in that midfield, five-three-two, or three-five-two, same thing, kind of, huh? Uh, and then like if we're going to run a three-five-two though, probably want Acosta to start alongside Roldan, and then two strikers with Hoppy. And the problem is, like, the real problem with here with this, though, is is, our, is uh, DK healthy or not? Like, is he good to go the full 90 or not? If he's not, then I would prefer Giacchini because we just saw his artist play. Let's see Giacchini play, like, the striker alongside Hoppy. That might actually be kind of fun to see, too. Like, that matchup might kind of be fun. Two young guys that play in the second divisions over in Europe. Uh, still pretty young. That might be fun. If we do play that 5-3-2, that's what I'd prefer. If we play the 4-3-3, obviously you guys just heard what I'd prefer. I don't know the best roster for how this whole thing's going down. It kind of depends on the Areola situation. You know, there's there's problems with this roster selection. We've already talked about them. I think Chris Mueller makes a big difference on this roster, and I'm still very annoyed not to see him on here. The same with Mahalovich, so... I really wanted to see both those guys on the roster. I mean, hell, take Corey Baird at this point to be on this roster, and I'd probably be pretty happy with him being on here too with how things are looking. All right, uh, so you guys kind of heard what I think here. Uh, a short Martinique preview. They got beat 4-0, or excuse me, 4-1 against Canada without a Jonathan David. They did get the first goal, so they actually took a 1-0 lead over Canada, and then Canada scored four unanswered. I think they scored a, a late goal too. Yeah, they scored an 89th-minute goal, but they did have the lead for six or seven minutes. Canada, within the next 15 minutes, took a 3-1 lead, scored a really late goal, made it 4-1. So it doesn't quite look as good um, when you look at like the stats. Like, Well, when you actually look at like when the goals were scored, it was probably kind of a closer game than a 4-1. Uh, but with that being said, statistics, 14 shots compared to five for Canada. Uh, Canada had a lot more fouls in this game. They had more yellow cards. They had more corners by four. So Canada was the better team. We should be able to handle this Martinique team and probably do pretty well against them. So, all right, you guys got that. Uh, that's all for today's show. We're going to also uh, have a show after the Martinique game. For that show, I hope it's a quick me jumping on here saying we beat up on Martinique. It was really good game from all our players. Everyone played well. Uh, is that what I expect to happen? No, because I'm sure that there'll be negatives in the game, but yes, we need to win this game. Bare minimum, I want to see three goals in this game. If we can get three goals in this game, I'll be pretty happy. If we keep the clean sheet, I'll be even happier. So We'll kind of match that goal differential with Canada. Uh, but I'd really love more goals than just three. Alright, uh, we're going to get out of here, guys. Expect that Martinique preview the day after this, uh, after that game, just like this show. We'll break it all down, do something similar. If you like the show, leave a five-star review. Really appreciate it. Um, but don't just consume my content, guys. Like, go out there and find other soccer shows that are good. There's tons of podcasts out there. Scuffed, Total Soccer Show, two of my favorites that I listen to. Um, 11 Yanks on YouTube. Really fun YouTube channel to, to listen to and watch his videos. So 
get out there, get all the soccer opinions that you can about this team. Everyone's got different opinions, so it's always good to get a full range of stuff. And let me know yours. You already got the email. You got the social medias. So, all right. Thanks for listening, guys. Hope you have a good rest of your day. Peace out.